Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode number 85. Take, I uh, Take two. Take two. We don't ever edit, and we're not editing. I just forgot to put the disc thingy in to actually record it. So luckily, we only taped a couple minutes. I'm going to have to take over some of the technical duties, <sighs> I think. But Anyway, yeah. this... I mean, I'm just going to make it a briefer than I did in the fake version. Uh. We're talking about poppy seeds today, which is kind of a disappointing thing because this is, I love poppy seed muffins. My kids love almond poppy seed muffins. Yeah. And as you'll see, there are times where, you know, poppy seeds are just fine. It's just where you get them and stuff. We'll talk about that. And apparently you don't like babies in your teeth. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, why put these things that are crunchy and round and get stuck in your teeth uh, on bagels and, and in cake and on pasta? Don't get it. Yeah. So I don't put it on pasta. So the poppy seed, anyway. interestingly, the plant, you know, we have pictures of the plant here and it's like, kind of looks like something you'd see in the Wizard of Oz, these tall stalks and then these things that look like pumpkins on top of it. No, it looks like the opium plant. Well, yeah. And now you're eating Mexico because yeah. we all know what that looks like, just me. So this is the plant <laughs> family and, and what you don't want to do is come to our podcast to learn how to pronounce words because we don't do it well. Um, but Papaveraceae, genus Papaver. 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 Genus. Yeah. So so don't come here to learn how to say things because it isn't going to work. But It doesn't the, even matter. The reality is there's there's basically two species that of the poppy that actually contain morphine and codeine. Uh, and as well, thebane and noscopine and papaver. I can't say that word. Papaverine. Why yeah. do you keep trying to sound like your ancestors in Italy? Papaverine. That's but, why you want uh, to put this on pasta, but, apparently. But, but there's two different species, and the first one is a somniferum, which som Pop-over, meaning somniferum. sleep, yeah, meaning oh. drowsy or sleep, probably, and then septigerum. So those are the two species. I love that you know the Latin base for that word because that means you're old and you had to learn Latin bases of words. Yeah, as a. Uh, Latin major in college. No, that's no. not true. Can I make a little diversion because I just said you're old? Yes. A, a little announcement. This is just so random. Um, we are starting very soon to do these podcasts with a video version. So oh. you'll be able to watch us actually tape these and watch us. They'll be on YouTube. I'll pr- quit bringing my cane. Stay, stay um, tuned, but you'll be able to watch us actually tape these to get the podcast that way. And we have a website that we are starting, so you'll be able to get the links to all of it there and maybe some TikTok videos. Yeah, I don't know about that. But anyway, so... Oh, we're doing one today. Yeah, whatever. So there's really no other species of the poppy seed that actually have more than just the Thebane alone. So Okay, so, Thebane so just, was used as a drug back in your day. I've never, like... It, I don't think it's one that's used a lot. Isn't it lot, m- Meperidine but, or Demerol? That breaks down into Thebane? I frankly don't know. But the bottom line is the morphine and codeine, basically those are two different species that have those. Um, And so really, if you know, one of the things to think about is how much by weight um, of of this is morphine and codeine. And actually, depending on which of these two species you're into, um, (laughs) 
Yeah, the, the somniferum actually is anywhere between 7 and 25% by weight. Of morphine, of morphine content. Yeah, and codeine can be pretty close to, you know, somewhere around 4 or 5%. So it's a lot different. The other species, the cetagarum, is actually much closer to 2% of both. So so really it's the somniferum, which is the one, or sun, so the, the, next, the next time you go to Brugger's Bagel, say what? species of yeah. poppy seed are you using on this bagel yeah we could just tell us the subspecies i wish there. i would have looked at the side of the the box that i have at my house of the muffins just to see if it tells you no it just says poppy seed stuff I'm so gonna look it up the reality is that this is just a you know just a plant man it's it's harvested for typically it's latex right around five to day five to ten days after these um the flowering petals kind of fall off the plant Okay, so from a timing standpoint, that's when they harvest this latex. And it's actually when latex? you dry the latex oh, gotcha. product, that's what is that's what's called opium. Okay. So it's the dried latex product is is opium. And uh and of course from that you can extract the morphine and and some of the other alkaloid things that are in it, the thebane and different things. So I think it's really interesting to just understand that's when people talk about opium. That's what it is. It's the dried latex. Just so y'all know, the box says poppy seeds, like you said. Just says poppy seeds. I didn't seeds. want to leave people hanging. Okay. And so if the plant is allowed to mature, the plant will kind of form these poppy seeds within that capsule, which are then harvested. It's basically a byproduct. Okay. So most of our latex, like gloves and such, come from... No, no, no. I, I think that's different. We're talking about the latex but that is... when you mean it's harvested for its latex... What do you do with, what are they harvesting that for? Like, what are they doing with that? Again, that's, that's something I don't know. Just cause, yeah. I mean, basically everybody's harvesting and has always harvested the latex to make opium. Mm. It, the latex product, it's a latex product. Gotcha. And, and again, this poppy seed is basically the byproduct of harvesting this. And in the old days, and even hundreds of years ago, uh, it was the straw that had been harvested for the, from the pop. It was basically the poppy straw, and then the then they started doing this the the seeds and making opium, and they've been doing this for literally thousands of years. Um, but traditionally, you know, the seeds had actually been used for cooking or spice, um, and over you know hundreds of years, uh, really the same trade patterns for both that straw and the poppy seeds was really the deal do you get into in this like how they went from that to morphine well we'll talk a little bit about that okay, okay. Just, it's always interesting to me it's kind of like how they got penicillin like yeah okay uh he's getting irritated with no not ir- irritated would be okay that'd be that'd be a pretty good word um <laughs> but I, I you know the only reason i put in some of the history of this is just because i like to say the word Mesopotamia, to not see that. I Mesopotamia? Yeah. Yeah. And that's really where it was cultivated initially. And I don't even think they learn that in school anymore, Mesopotamia. Yeah. And it's really, you know, not too far from the Persian Gulf, the Black Sea, the Mediterranean Sea, kind of in that triangle area. And really the, the kind of the art of cultivating this poppy uh, was passed on to all these different civilizations in the surrounding area. And then when the trade route started, uh, it went everywhere, including to the Egyptians. Walk like an Egyptian. Um, and it was really something that flourished. Uh, yeah, that dates me, doesn't it, that song? Um, it flourished really during even the reign of King Tut. So 1300 BC, for those of you who don't remember. King, big King Tut. So, uh, And so all these trade routes eventually led the poppy seeds to Europe. 
And uh, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm looking at your next slide, and then I'm going to add commentary after you discuss it about Hippocrates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Hippocrates actually uh, in around 460 BC. Uh, you know, of course, everybody knew what uh, what this was all about at the time, and and everybody thought that this the opium was magical, and uh, Hippocrates was much more level headed, and he's like, hey. It feels like this could maybe be used like a, a narcotic, obviously to help the pain, mm-hmm. uh, and it could stop maybe stop bleeding. That was one of his things. Uh, and of course, I think the funny part is he said that could also be used in diseases of women and in epidemics. I think they mean like labor because do you know how much that sucks? No, you don't. Well, I didn't know what they were talking about. I didn't want to. I didn't want to surmise. Um, okay, uh, diseases so- of women. That's all it said. Diseases of women having to deal with men, just like the whole benzo thing with (laughs) the housewives in the 50s. So here's what I find interesting about this. You know, the Hippocratic Oath, which we all have to say at our med school graduation, talks in there about benevolence and non-maleficence. And so do no harm. Boy, you're in the weeds. No, this is not in the weeds. Because if you're doing no harm, yet look at what happened to the opioid epidemic. And now you have all these pill mills and opioid or over prescribers Every time they give too many opioids without doing all the screening and all the guidelines, they are breaking their Hippocratic Oath. Okay. That is not in the weeds. That was in the weeds. Um, And so really, finally, opium uh, ended up from the Egyptian fields heading to China. And I think that when you think back to some of the movies like, uh, well, Tombstone, I always bring up. Oh, my gosh. They had the opium dens, uh, and it was uh, basically the people that were selling the opium were the Chinese but it really didn't get to the Chinese till 400 BC. So it, everybody else had already kind of dealt with it. It was only a 60 year difference. But it's interesting that during the Holy Inquisition, then all of a sudden opium just kind of was on the outs. And in fact, it was not mentioned in any of the European records for a couple of hundred years. Did you know why it was on the outs and why uh, it was considered taboo? No, I don't. Well, one of it was that they felt it came from cultures that were kind of beneath them. Oh, gotcha. That would make yep. sense mm-hmm. historically. Yeah, and historical so, trauma dating back to BC from heathens, uh, and so they wouldn't uh, wouldn't use it and wouldn't talk about it. So in, interestingly, then it wasn't in probably till about fifteen hundred AD, so just uh, you know five six hundred years ago, where they started smoking it, and that was uh, originally yeah, it originally seems like it was the Por- Portuguese who started uh, that trend, um, and and that kind of continued for hundreds of years, right? Back in 1803, actually, uh, a guy finally realized that, in fact, what was in opium, he described as morphine, God's own medicine. Friedrich? Friedrich? Sertner. Yeah. So he's basically the one that found the active ingredient being morphine. Uh, and, of course, codeine's typically in there as well. But um, Well, again, and we all know when you're in drug screens, codeine shows up as morphine. Yep. So then, if you go ahead of another 80, 90 years, you find that the Bear Company in Germany and Heinrich Dresser, he basically discovered that he could take morphine and turn it into diacetyl morphine, which was heroin. Without as many side effects. Yeah. Which had, is why you can buy diacetyl morphine in Europe and have no troubles with it. Yeah, it's used in other places as a pain med. But he coined the term heroin, of course, for the word heroic because people felt heroic when they were taking it. And it was actually a commercially available before before 1900. And they would, <laughs> this is the funny part, this was the first uh, real trial of MAT. Uh, they started sending uh, 
heroin to people who are addicted to morphine to help in the them, mail. Yeah, in the mail to kick their habit. So uh, heroin uh, came from that. Was it through telegraph? I wonder how many telegraph deliverers, you know, had Just use disorders. Knock on the door. Yep, we got your heroin. So. 1976, we'll move up to there. And interestingly, somebody You were actually, already alive and I wasn't. I was alive. And <laughs> the alkaloids, uh, both morphine and codeine, were actually isolated from the poppy seed. And I would say, put an asterisk on that, because was it really from the poppy seed? And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Because one of the things that came out of that is that one of the big things was, was the morphine and the codeine actually in the poppy seed or on the poppy seed. And in 2006, there were some studies done, and they showed that washing the seeds dropped the morphine levels by 90%. And so Hmm. just the simple act of washing them uh, changed everything. And so the reality is that most of the morphine in the coating was more of a contaminant on the outside of the seed and not so much on the inside. Well, if it's from the pot, I wonder if you took... Like the actual leaves of that? Yeah. What that would happen? Well, it is basically in that pod uh, is this contamination from the latex uh, that's on those seeds. Interesting. Do you have to scrub them or just rinse them? Well, there's different ways that people, when they say they manufacture them, that they wash them with different things to get that latex off. Hmm. Um, But, you know, really 90%. And so, you know, the question would be is, why do we even care about this? You know, what... Why do we care about poppy seeds at all? You know, I mean, they're, they've been used in cooking for a long time. And is it, is it about the nutrition? And the reality is there's really, from a nutritional standpoint, no, there's not much there. I, I don't mean, know. There's 1.6 grams of protein in a tablespoon. Yeah. I mean, there's probably more than anything. There's a little calcium in them. Uh, you know, you can, but you know, you have to have a whole tablespoon to get 10% of your calcium for the day. I don't think many of us are going to take 10 tablespoons of poppy seeds to make sure instead of drinking milk. Uh, or you don't calcium. drink milk. Well, okay, but, you know, a calcium <laughs> anyway. pill. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, it's really not about the nutrition. It's more of a taste issue. So, you know, the reason we care about them is that, number one, people show up with abnormal urines, and, and often the poppy seeds are to blame, uh, and sometimes they're not. Uh, and of course, there have been overdoses, and we'll talk about that more towards the end, secondary to kind of these excessive intakes, obviously, of ones that have not been washed. Crazy. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how we end up with an abnormal urine, you know, kind of from the start. You know, again, opiates, the opiates that are found in the poppy seed are codeine, morphine, and thebane. I'm really proud of you for using the word opiate in this situation. Yes. Because it's natural. Unnatural. It's natural. And I think the key is remembering that heroin is not a naturally occurring thing in the poppy. I think when people talk about the poppy fields and how that how heroin ends up in, you know, in the U.S. Again, the morphine is turned into is turned into uh, mm. heroin, diacetyl. You know, but I think people think opium. They think heroin, but it's opium is morphine and codeine. So does this actually happen down in Mexico? Typically, I would think. As far as what? That it gets changed. Turning it into yeah. NLCM. And we'll talk about that. I'll actually tell you how we make that. There's actually, actually, that's right here. So just so people understand that basically if you take that raw opium and you add lime, like just off the... With the, the lime in the... Coconut? Oh. <laughs> no. Opium. Yeah, so you add lime and then you filter it and remove the other alkaloids, the thebane and all the other things that... Okay, we should ask Charlie to do a podcast on music with that song because I wonder if that song really has, you know... Double meeting. I have no idea. 
And so after you filter that solution and you you actually heat this and add ammonia, ammonia, and the morphine actually precipitates out. If you remember back to uh, chemistry in college, you know, you'd get a precipitate and then you'd drain off everything. So morphine basically precipitates out and they actually dissolve that in acetic acid. And when it's cooled, heroin is formed. And so, so it's fairly simple. Fairly simple. I it's just remember having simple. to calculate how much water was in one drop in my first chemistry class at Gustavus. But we're, we're then how is it different, the black tar heroin versus the East Coast white heroin? That I'm not an expert in. Because, I mean, right? I mean, what that makes sense. Maybe we should do a podcast. And, On the difference. I mean, because really, if you're doing this process, I'm trying to make this into two podcasts. Just yeah, kidding. And we can't because <laughs> I'm going to be done. Um, now, the interesting to remem- thing to remember is that there's also codeine in there. And so understand that codeine is really a pro-drug and that uh, when it is metabolized, it turns into morphine. And actually about 11% of the metabolism of codeine goes to hydrocodone. Okay, And remember also that there are fast and slow metabolizers of codeine. If you're a slow codeine metabolizer, you can actually get codeine um, toxicity from... Which is why codeine is not to be used in breastfeeding. Yeah, and well, and also if, it, if you're a fast metabolizer, it turns into morphine very quickly, and there's been overdoses in kids related to that. Um, but I think the key is to remember that codeine is a pro-drug, but there is toxicity if you don't quickly metabolize it. I think the other thing to understand is that hydrocodone, you know, people say, say well, okay, if somebody's taking morphine, or excuse me, codeine, why don't you see hydrocodone in there very often? It's because it, think about the level it would be at. It would be at a tenth of the level of the morphine. So it would be very low. Okay, so my question is, so if you have just plain hydrocodone, you're never going to break that down into codeine? No. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there for people? No. Now, so if you're on just straight hydrocodone, you should not have codeine or morphine in your urine? No. And so, again, the, the morphine will actually metabolizes into kind of many kind of minor channels uh, and it actually the metabolites some are active and a small amount of morphine goes into hydromorphone okay which is dilaudid in the other in the trade name um, but there's it's again at a very low low level and so can you see somebody if they had an enormous like let's say they drank uh, the tea that we'll talk about in a minute uh, could they have hydromorphone in there as well as codeine and morphine they could if they drank enough Interesting. Or hydrocodone from the codeine. So I think that's two metabolites that sometimes people don't think about and generally aren't going to show up. Um, so how, what do we really need to consider if we interpret that urine? Well, it's very interesting. And these are the things that you need to understand is that the origin of the seeds may affect the morphine level because they're different species or different or different levels. How the, they're produced, you know, are they washed? You know, how many do you consume? Um and if you're looking at a urine, does the morphine coating ratio matter? That's something that's very important legally. And again, the metabolites and the and finally, really, the presence or absence of thebane. Um, so, like, if we're really confused and we don't know if this was poppy seeds, you can actually get a thebane level. Okay. So the bottom line is, no one's ever going to know the country and the treatment of their poppy seeds. Well, they there have been cases where they've uh, went backwards and found that out in certain. But the situations. patient isn't going to say, "Well, correct." Um, so I think. If I might take home from this, would maybe the ratio, I don't know, and or just get a thebane level if the patient is claiming. Well, we'll talk about it in one second. So the origins of the scene. This is why I think we should stop and make this two podcasts and leave people on the edge. No. So <laughs> the origins of the seeds matter. And if you look at different countries, some of the morphine contents coming out of different countries are much, much higher. In Australia, the morphine content is 
uh, like 200 micrograms per gram. Whereas if you look at places like Turkey, it's 0.8, right? The, the, Which is super interesting to me because that's much more in the area of the yeah. co- in the world where it yeah. was really kind of coming from. Yeah, the highest levels of morphine in the seeds or on the seeds, that's coming from Australia, India, and Germany. And they're between 150 and 200 um, micrograms per gram. And Europe seems to range anywhere from like the single digits up to 60. Yeah, so it's low. So where it comes from really matters. In fact, there have been cases of kangaroos that have become intoxicated by breaking into poppy seed places in Australia and eating them. Yeah, that's a, I, I ran onto an article. It was hilarious. That is sweet. So let's say we're washing it. We're, there's different ways to treat the seed. You can wash it and soak it, which on average is going to drop the morphine roughly 50 or 60%. You can grind them and then wash them up, and maybe you drop it by 25 to 30%. Just baking sometimes breaks it down. And if, Although that's a big range. Yeah. 30 to 90%. Yeah, but if you bake it, if, if they get baked a certain way, it breaks down the morphine, it might drop by 90%. But com- commercially manufacturing, when they really make the effort to get that off, they can really get 100% of the morphine out of there if they want to. Some people don't want to. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So how much, you know, and how much people ate also makes a difference. So if you look at an average bagel, roughly 15 grams of poppy seeds on that versus a pasta dish. And there's some pasta uh, dishes that I came across where it's 75 grams of poppy seeds per serving. I've never had a poppy seed on my pasta. I cannot recall that myself, but that makes a big difference. You should ask your mom. Yeah. She's Italian. I don't think poppy seeds were a thing. So, you know, and the third thing really is, does the ratio matter? Let's say that we do a confirmatory test on somebody's urine, and historically the ratio of morphine to codeine was two to one, right? But the problem is that there's all these guidelines to tell whether or not, like if somebody uh, fails a urine drug screen at work, if it was one to one, then they'd say, well, it definitely wasn't poppy seeds. But that has changed. And in fact, there's now uh, different spe- species that have been developed of uh, poppy seed uh, poppy seeds where the coating is super high. So bottom line is don't look at the ratio for any information. Right. It It's probably not as useful as it used to be. Uh, 10 and 15 years ago probably was fine. So the last thing to really consider uh, is what normal opiates would be in a poppy seed and what the metabolites would be. Again, you'd expect that the codeine and the morphine, and if you really looked hard, you might see hydromorphone and hydrocodone. But again, the absence of thebane. So if we really want to know, thebane should be there, and you can send it for a very special uh, test and tell whether or not there's thebane in it. If there's thebane, unequivocally, that was poppy seeds, or at least they consumed poppy seeds for to explain part of the morphine. So uh, really very interesting. If you pull this all together, again, the level of codeine and the ratio in the past might have been helpful, um, but probably less so now in the last... Uh, five years. And one of the things that you could look at really is the level of morphine. If you look at high levels, and and I can tell you that the basically the, the number that had been used in work, uh, work issues was 200 uh, nanograms per milliliter. If you were above 200, they said, well, it definitely wasn't poppy seeds. We know now it can be much higher than that. In fact, it can be as high as 5,000. That would be rare, but it could be. Um, but if let's say you had a level of a thousand or two thousand or three thousand and there was no codeine, that would be very unlikely to be poppy seeds. There should be codeine. But my question would be, it does do you have to ask your lab your cutoff in codeine? 
Like what if there's like trace amounts of codeine? Yeah, I mean, there should be a significant amount of codeine if you've got a morphine level of 1,000 okay, or 2,000. Okay, Mr., you're sitting on the stand. Define significant. Well, again, if it was at the <laughs> lowest just, at the lowest level, it probably should be two to one. Right. I'm just so, making fun of you. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't be unusual. But if you get over 5,000 nanograms per milliliter, it's it's really unlikely it's poppy seeds. I mean, I think, again, prior to 1998, the federal cutoff was 300. Um, and really now the gray zone would have to be between 2,000 and 5,000. That's when you start to really have to do some special things to prove yes or no. And is that just because of... I mean, the heroin influx being so much higher or what? As far as the cutoff? Yeah, because maybe manufactured morphine that you get like for a prescription or in a surgery, you're not going to get above that 300 versus now if you're taking heroin from, you know, no. drug trades. I don't know. I'm just. No, I'll explain to you why here oh, in one geez. second. Yeah, this is this is a, a winding story. But again, that 2,000 to 5,000. We're 5, already 000. at 24 minutes, everybody. Apologies. Hope it was a long drive to work today. So from 2,000 to 5,000 is the gray zone. And again, you'd have to expect to have codeine and, uh, you know, at least a significant amount. Um, and again, one of the other things, let's say you're, you've got morphine, a bunch of morphine. One of the things, if it was heroin that you could check, you could actually check a six monoacetylmorphine. That is actually, heroin breaks down to six MAM and then goes to morphine. Often you can you can pick up on the six MAM, which is again six monoacetylmorphine. The half life can be long enough that it might still be there, and that would show you that it would be heroin. So yeah, your heroin question that's that's sometimes something that you can do extra to prove that. But remember, any other substance other than the normal metabolites of hydromorphone and hydrocodone would make poppy seeds really less likely. You know, so let's talk a little bit about overdose, and then we'll be done. Um, overdose on poppy seeds has become pop, has become a problem because of the uh, the poppy seed tea, and this has become kind of a popular opiate alternative. And in fact, uh, again, if you look at ingestion comparisons, the bagel of five to fifteen milligrams of seeds, the pasta seventy five milligrams, but you're making a tea out of two pounds of seeds, which is a thousand grams. Uh, and so we're talking about putting a liter or two of water in a thousand grams, washing off those unwashed seeds and then drinking the tea. Uh, you can imagine that, uh, again, uh, you're going to, you're going to see an enormous amount of morphine and codeine in that. And in so fact, I'm going, meaning I have to interrupt you now. Does the tea taste better if it was, I mean, what if you got your seeds and they were already pre-manufactured so they wouldn't have it on it, but does the tea not taste good? The thing is, people that are making the tea are buying them specifically unwashed. Gotcha. On certain big. Places. I assumed. I just wanted mm -hmm. to throw it out there. By the way, this teapot is amazing. So if y'all want to see a picture of this teapot that Kurt posted, <laughs> you got to email it's, us. It's not one that I own. Um, but but again, I, there's there's very uh, there's tons of different cases that have been reported where people um, purchased poppy seeds and uh, then ended up overdosing. And uh, even ingesting, maybe if they washed it in two liters, they drank half of it and they were found unresponsive uh, and, and actually given naloxone and reversed it. So, you know, understand that uh, the take home really is, is that the poppy seed tea is dangerous and there have been uh, numerous deaths and numerous overdose based on drinking that. I do want to point out, though, that it, it of course, 
co-mixing with benzodiazepines is going to increase your risk just just like you'd expect. And I love that this patient from this case report was actually sent home from the ER with a medication no one should ever be prescribed, a.k.a. alprazolam, a.k.a. Xanax. Yeah, maybe not the best uh, choice when somebody's just had a... An opioid overdoses, give them benzos. This was from 2018, so yeah. let's give them a little bit of... So the take-home from this little talk on poppy seeds. Number one, poppy seeds can cause abnormal dark screens, no doubt about it. And generally, it will be at low and insignificant uh, amounts, but any food product can sometimes cause trouble. Number two is poppy seeds are unregulated and available legally, and unfortunately, you can also get large amounts of unwashed uh, poppy seeds and making tea is dangerous. Uh, and lastly, you know, close scrutiny of a urine result will most often confirm or refute, you know, the poppy seed exposure. And you really just need to really walk yourself through what should be in there, what shouldn't be in there. And Thebane is your is your wild card if you need it, um, and you need to prove it. So I love that. I actually learned something from you. I think that's an everyday experience. I'm I'm just filled <laughs> with information. No, I'm, I'm. You should ask me. I I really do think this is super helpful because this is something that comes up quite a bit, um, especially more now. And now fentanyl, of course, this doesn't apply to. Um, they if they tell you they're if they're using fentanyl and they tell you they're poppy seeds, then they don't know what they're talking about. But usually, patients are way smarter than us in chemistry. So yeah, and this was actually uh, started because I was looking into this from a phone call from a outlying community from Danielle. There you go. So, Okay, so thanks, everybody. We'll let Battle X take over here in a second. Casey, Kurt's oldest, far smarter son um, than he. And again, check out our website, which we'll have posted soon, so you can't really check it out yet, but we will be doing the video ones soon as well. We'll let you know when that all happens. But if you have any questions, comments, you want any kind of things coming up, you have any requests, please email us at theaddictionconnectionpodcast at gmail. All right, thanks everyone. Have a good week. Well, I went down to the local arena and asked to see the manager man. He came from his office, said, Son, can I help you? I looked at him and said, Yes, you can. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. Yes, I do. Ever since I was young, it's been my dream that I might drive the Zamboni machine. I get that ice just as slick as can be, and all the kids would look up to me. Yeah, I wanna drive the Zamboni. Yeah, I wanna drive the Zamboni. Yes, I do. Son, I know it looks keen, but that right there's one expensive machine. And I got Smokey, who's been driving for years. About that time, I broke down in tears. Cause I wanna drive the Zamboni. Yeah, I wanna drive the Zamboni. Yeah, I wanna drive the Zamboni. Yeah, I wanna drive the Zamboni.
Cause I wanna drive the Zamboni Yeah, I wanna drive the Zamboni Yeah, I wanna drive the Zamboni Yeah, I wanna drive the Zamboni Yes, I do